The Adam Crowley Show. What happened to Cooch? I don't know how many times I'm allowed to say Cooch before I get in trouble, so you're fine. I'm good? That's K-U-C-H. Yeah, nothing wrong with Cooch. No! Adam Crowley. Cooch be good. I love Cooch, in fact. On ESPN Pittsburgh. The Supreme Court said, hey, states, gambling's up to you. When will we be finding a sports betting booth in a casino near you? We find out now. We're joined by ESPN's Doug Kazarian. He's from ESPN, as I mentioned, and the host of the Behind the Bets podcast. Doug, thank you so much for making the time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Doug, now this allows states to allow sports betting correct so it's not like you can run out and place a legal bet now right correct correct unless you're in nevada so what this means is the federal ban from the early 1990s was so deeply flawed that it was unanimously vetoed basically as unconstitutional now officially it was six to three or seven to two but all nine justices had issues with paspa which was the federal ban so that thing is gone now every state is allowed to move forward how it chooses to and that it means if you want to pass state legislation a state law that your state wants to have sports betting you can so it's going to vary from state to state how this is all set up right like if i were to go to delaware i could walk into a gas station and buy a case of beer but i can't do that here in pennsylvania i got to go to a state store well said every state has different laws now there's some federal laws in this world obviously but then there's some state laws like the driving, you know, the DMV, things like that. Like you said, um, you know, a handful of years ago, Connecticut, you couldn't buy alcohol on Sundays. You had to go drive across the state border and in Rhode Island and you had to drive to New Hampshire and things like that. So every state's different with certain laws. This is now a state issue. How close is Pennsylvania to getting in line behind New Jersey? Obviously, New Jersey's ahead of the curve here. Right. So while this was meeting process, so to speak, in terms of, um, you know, like the, like while, while the while the U.S. Supreme Court was discussing all this, it was also other states were moving forward with their own legislation, or at least introducing bills. So once this happened, you know, not everyone's starting from ground zero. Uh, New Jersey, as you just alluded to, is like ready. They've already passed state law, so like they're hoping by the NBA finals they'll be able to take bets in Atlantic City. Now, other states, like the next tier, is like West Virginia, Mississippi, Connecticut, maybe New York, Delaware. But New Jersey sort of the third tier. And, excuse me, uh, Philadelphia is like the third tier. And so they're headed down that path. But, you know, sometimes politicians have re-election campaigns and there's other variables that get presented. So nothing is guaranteed. And we still have to figure out how it's going to be processed and how it's going to be um you know, who's going to be booking the bets, things like that. Doug Kazarian joins us here from ESPN, host of the Behind the Bets podcast. Why is our country so far behind the rest of the world on all this, Doug? You know, it's a great question. I, I think it's the stigma. I think it's the stigma of betting and how it's, oh, degenerate behavior. And also it was just, well, the federal ban, right? The federal ban, no one thought to challenge it. And it wasn't a big deal because so many people bet illegally, right? We have the offshore world. And there's the local bookie concept. I mean, uh, some estimates say as much as $400 billion 
dollars is bet illegally in the United States in the offshore or local bookie world. So there wasn't really a pressing need to go after it because they didn't feel it was necessary. But New Jersey wanted to revitalize Atlantic City and some horse tracks, so they uh, took it upon themselves and challenged the federal ban. Doug, how are the leagues going to factor in here? Great question. We're going to find out. So what they initially petitioned was a federal law for sports betting because they said, let's do it on a federal level. Let's get a slice of the pie. And so what they said to compensate them, they wanted a 1% integrity fee. Well, just the name itself rubbed sports betting world a little bit off because that implies that it's not above board now and we need more money to make sure there's integrity in this. Like the sports betting world doesn't need the leagues, right? They just need a television monitor and a box score. They don't really need their permission to go have this stuff be bet on, right? They just put up the number and you can do whatever you want. Like we don't need your permission. But um, right now in Nevada, they pay a 0.25% federal excise tax. And what that means is, you know, it goes to a certain, like a handling fee, if you will. And so this, the integrity fee name is silly, and they're probably going to do a, come up with a new name. And what they also want to do is just say, hey, give us our cut, and then there'll be some cooperation to a certain extent, because what that'll do is that'll maybe open up the doors where these sports books can advertise during an NFL broadcast or a baseball broadcast, and then also maybe advertise on jerseys and things along those lines. So there is a incentive for them to give up some of their slice of the pie, but they don't have to. Don't think for one second they need to call it an integrity fee, and they will not be paying as much as 1% either. How prepared have the leagues been for this day? We saw different kinds of statements released from each of the leagues. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think the NBA and Major League Baseball has been ahead of the curve for sure, and they were trying to get it to the federal approval. You know, So we talked about the federal ban being removed, and it becomes a state law. Well, the NBA definitely just wished it was, forget the states, just make it legal federally and control it and have the leagues have more money. So I guess they were behind on that regard, so they've been playing catch-up, but they've been at least doing it intelligently alongside Major League Baseball, unlike NFL. NFL is still dragging their feet, but the NFL operates really awkwardly. Like It may become legal in every state, and they still don't acknowledge it on their broadcasts <laughs> or whatever. We're limited on sports center. We can't say Patriots. We have to say New England when discussing a point spread, things like that. Wow. Uh, Doug uh, Kazarian from ESPN, host of Behind the Bets podcast, joins us here now uh, on the Crowley Show. Uh, I know that if you go overseas, you can place bets on Premier League games right there at the stadiums, at some booths. I guess it's hard to say, but how far away do you think we'd be from that happening? Is that a possibility? Absolutely. It's already happening when the NFL goes over to London, right? They already goes down at Wembley Stadium. And Vegas Golden Knights, or in the Western Conference Final, right? We all know about that. Fans are betting the game on the way to the game, and they're betting in the game at the stadium with their apps. So has there been any, like, destructive behavior because of that? Have we had issues in the NFL when we go to London? When the NBA went there, Sixers actually played there against the Celtics. They were doing it there as well. Like, it's part of the culture. Like, basically, what people need to realize, everyone sees this as a financial thing, the betting. No, sports betting is entertainment. Just like when you go to the blackjack table, you may not walk away with anything of tangible uh, representation, but you have an experience. We pay for alcohol for an experience. We don't keep the beer bottles, right? You're paying (laughs) for the experience and having a little excitement while watching a game beyond the excitement of the actual game itself. It's the same concept, right? I've always said it's like wine, right? Wine has different (laughs) costs, right? You have the box of wine. 
And then you have the high-end stuff. And the people who go to the vineyard, they visit the vineyard, they talk about it, they read books, they talk about the different grapes and all this other stuff, and they're called connoisseurs. But people who do the same thing with betting and, you know, talk about the different dollar figures and all the background and the and travel to games, they're degenerates. I don't know. Well, that's interesting to me. Uh, will the odds change with more inexperienced bettors perhaps joining the marketplace? Well, then that's what it is. It's a marketplace. I'm glad you used that word because a lot of people, especially when I lived in Vegas, they would just talk about, like, yeah, I sold some at three and a half, bought some at four and a half. They totally treat it like commodities and the value of a half point here and there, depending on the sport and whatever it may be. There's so much uh, nuance with this stuff that it is, um, there's some variance with this commodity. I mean, we all think of the stock exchange, right? There's a stock exchange. Well, just think about if every casino had a different stock exchange. So, like, Apple was sold at a different price at different casinos, and that's what makes it so fascinating. And then there are guys that I know who are arbitrage bettors or derivative traders for sports betting. That's what makes it so intriguing to me. Like, my econ background is stimulated on that front, and that's what I love. So we'll see. Like, if the Eagles are seven-point favorites in Vegas, but in Pennsylvania they're like, you know, ten, then we might have lopsided action and they want to protect themselves. A lot of times these owners, excuse me, these odds makers in Vegas, their job title is not always odds maker or sportsbook director. Sometimes it's manager of risk because that's what it is. They're managing their liability and their risk and their position because some guy like Floyd Mayweather may come in and bet a million dollars or whatever. They need to adjust their odds accordingly because they have to, they know what their target rate and target hold percentage is for the long term. So they are very careful and they manage their risk or liability. So when you have these hometown teams like the Golden Knights, people are betting, the fans are betting the Golden Knights 15 to 1 ratio <laughs> compared to their opponent at these home games. So the, the, the books have been getting buried all year, but they can only do so much with the numbers. So they're just absorbing that rush. It's very uncharted territory in Vegas. And that obviously, is a parallel to when the gambling and sports betting becomes uh, legalized statewide and all these other states, they're, they're going to experience that with their home teams. We were talking about this yesterday on the show, but if there's, I don't know, Georgetown and, I don't know, Tri-State Technical Institute playing on a Tuesday night on ESPN, people would not have watched that before. Now I think there is much more reason for them to watch that game. How's this expected to affect TV ratings, TV coverage, radio coverage? I think it's great for the industry. I would assume so, too. And the presentation will only change slightly, kind of like we saw with fantasy, right? Fantasy is not, like, inundating our broadcast. It's more mentioned a little bit. But, you know, just like we're more comfortable with PPR term, in the last next five years we'll be more comfortable with a lot of the point spread terminology on the broadcast. But with that being said, we've had broadcasts in Nevada for the conference tournaments during March Madness, and the Pac-12 tournament, the West Coast Conference, the Mountain West, it's on ESPN, and it's not like the odds makers are totally changing their tune. Now, if it's illegal, excuse me, if it's legalized in more states, then maybe we'll tweak our presentation, but I don't think it's a huge deal. And to answer your question, we already have this huge amount of money being bet anyway, and they're just trying to make it more legalized. So I don't know if ratings are going to go up anyway just because stuff's legal. I'm of the elk that I just think it's going to become legalized, but we're not like, like, the Supreme Court yesterday didn't create a vice, right? Like, they didn't, they didn't just all of a sudden out of thin air say, hey, imagine if you can bet on sports this way. Like, it's already existed, maybe $400 billion to the tune of legally per, per year in the, state, in the United States. So, uh, I don't, it, it may not change at all. That's my point. Like, there's a substitution effect, yeah. right? There's the substitution effect that it becomes 
legal and the people aren't betting with their bookies, but are we going to be creating that much more uh, bets because it's legal? Maybe, maybe, but it's pretty user-friendly right now. Bookies <laughs> all use websites now, and it's, it's pretty convenient now. You've been talking to my guy, Doug? <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the other thing. I don't think people are going to leave their bookie because people like you aren't, aren't winning because they're not paying any taxes. Uh, Doug, yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point. That's a fantastic point. Uh, how will leagues, and this is the last thing for you, how will they get involved with policing their players from, I, I suppose, betting on other leagues? There's a weird gray area there that I think the league's collective bargaining agreements are going to be behind on, right? Well, I mean, right now, if you're an NFL player, you can go to Nevada and bet a bunch of money on the NBA Finals. It's totally legal. You can play blackjack as well. You just can't bet on NFL games. I don't think anything's going to change. I think when there's overlap of sports, it'll be a little interesting because players might have their apps out more, um, might be more readily available, like their phone apps. If they're, you know, let's say it's November, week whatever, 12, and the Steel, Big Ben wants to bet on the on a Sixers game that night, then I think he's allowed to, and now he doesn't have to hide it. Like, a lot of these guys have bookies or whatever, and they're just, they're not they're not breaking any rules for their leagues. Like I'm not suggesting at all that guys are betting on their teams or anything silly like that like Pete Rose did back in the day as a manager. All I'm saying is I'm sure there's some NBA players Super Bowl weekend are finding a way to get down on the Super Bowl. Like, like I'm not saying NFL players are. I'm saying baseball and NBA guys are, and not all of them are doing it in Nevada. So maybe they'll be able to do it. I just don't think it's going to be that big of an issue because there's no chance based on their salaries that any of these guys are going to be throwing games at all. No one's even approaching them or coaches because of the salaries and everything's so monitored now. I think that still is a threat in the college level and always will be, but that's more of an underground issue than an above-ground issue with legalization. Doug, awesome stuff, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. Uh, thank you. You got it, guys. It was, it was a pleasure to be on. Hey, take care. You too. There he goes. That is Doug Kazarian from ESPN. He is the host of the Behind the Bets podcast. I thanked him twice there in half a second. That was really impressive stuff by me. He was worth it. Oh, he was good, man. Really good. Bookies are dead, right? But they're not, though. But they're not. Isn't that awesome? I didn't even, I did not even think of that angle. But like, I'm thinking like, oh man, this is bad news for bookies. But the minute he said that, like, there it is. You tax free bets. And, and it's different than, because my buddies who smoke all kinds of pot, not me at all. I mean, it would never be me. Uh, I have a lot of friends out in Denver, and they love it because they can go into a store, they buy weed, and they know what they're getting, and it's a lot better than going to the street corner and getting it. But is it better to do it in a legal site than it is to go to your bookie and put bets, bets in? I, I don't know if it is. Well, hey, people are comfortable. You know, they got their guy. They know the number. It's on speed dial. They can go right in. They know the process for putting in the bets, so... I mean, change is always hard for people, especially when you're dealing with stuff like this that's habitual. You know, so, and then there's a the tax free thing that right. just hangs in there. You don't have to lose any money off your win. Also, why do I always put bookies on street corners? Hey, you got to go to your street corner and find the bookie. You got to go to the corner of the bar. That's where all the shady people hang uh, out I mean, on the corner. <laughs> Tom's got a bookie. You just type something into a computer, right? I mean, that's all it takes. No, I got out of the corner. Oh, do you? Yeah, you have to. That's standard practice. Is it the bar? That's on the corner of the street, and it's the and corner it's the of that corner bar. Of the bar, son yeah. of a bitch! I can tell you straight up that bookies hang out in barber shops because my grandfather was a bookie, and he was also a barber. Hmm. So that's where he hung out. That's where he took his bets. Funny story: uh, both LeBron James and Nick Saban fighting over the patent for barber shops. 
They both created it. And it's going to be an issue litigating that over the next handful of years. Coming up next, Tom teaches us about gambling. Tom is the degenerate gambler on staff, and I don't know much of anything about it. So he'll teach us. I'm excited. Next, Crowley Show. Dad, what are you doing? Cramming for college. I'm the one going to college. Yeah, but we need to figure out how we're going to pay for it all. Discover Student Loans. Discover does student loans? Yeah. They're one of the top student loan lenders in the country. It takes 15 minutes or less to apply, and there are no fees for the life of the loan. Best of all, I can earn cash rewards if I get good grades. Really? Yeah. We still have time to apply and get a great rate. So I can just chill. College kids still say that, right? No one says that, Dad. Really? Yeah. Visit discoverstudentloans.com to apply today. Limitations apply. What? You had your hand up. I didn't know what you... Uh... I was talking to Tom over there. <laughs> oh, fine. I'll just... You know what? You don't need me. You never need me. You know, you let me do all the talking on the air, then you guys talk off the air to each other like you're best friends, and I'm the one who never gets to know what to hang out with me. I know nothing about gambling. Well, next to nothing about gambling, and that's because I'm a man of very few vices. My only true vice is sugar. That's it. No others. Not nicotine, not alcohol. Not the occasional puff of a marijuana cigarette. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, gambling. I don't know anything about gambling. Tom does. He's a degenerate gambler. That's why we used to have the segment Tom's Degenerate Gambling Picks of the Day. But Tom was so bad at gambling that we had to take it away from him. He went on a real cold streak there during the NCAA tournament, so uh, I think he didn't want to do it anymore either. And you know what they say. If you can't do, teach. They do say that. And you can't do it, so teach us, Tom. Teach us everything you know about gambling. And you guys know nothing, right? Eh, Next to nothing. Next to nothing. I guess we we have to start at the the very beginning then. Like, go 101. That's where you need to start. Fair enough. How Uh, many credits? Three? La- there's a lab involved, so it's four. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. So do you guys know what a point spread is? The quick question for the class first. Yeah, we got that one. You know what yeah. that one is? That I know. So what, I, yeah. we can skip over that. We one. tested in. Just explain it. Just uh, so, just give a brief explanation. Yeah, explain yeah. it. Just so Brian knows what it is. Just okay. explain no, it. I know okay. what it is. Just, just so he knows. Yeah. So you you two are sports guys, right? It's fair to say that. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So as you know, being sports guys, two teams aren't very equal whenever they play on the field. Like there's always a team that's better and there's always a team that's worse. So in Vegas, in order to ca- to account for that, they come up with a point spread where one team who is the favorite will be giving points to another team who is the underdog. Why would they give them points though? Then wouldn't it make it harder for them to win? No, they give the underdog the points. So the team that's worse gets extra points. Oh, Vegas gives the points. Vegas gives the I points see. out. Correct. Any more questions on the po- on the point spread? No, I think I got it. Okay, we'll will this on. be on the test? No, this is some simple stuff. Okay. Like you said, you tested into this mm-hmm. class, so you won't have to worry about that. Okay. Do you know how the money line works? Oh boy, no. So the money line is a different way to bet. Where there is, is that? There is, is that, no point spread. So when you walk into a bar, right, and you talk to a woman, and your line that you use, the pickup line, gets her to come home with you, is that the money line? Can you please? No, not... that comes at the end of the night. Uh, at, both of you. Oh, that's the money shot. Both of you. Please do not derail this class. Should we raise okay. our hands? Yes. Okay. I mean, no one can see it on radio. Back to the money line. 
It's different from the point spread. You don't need to cover the point spread to win the money line. You just pick one team straight up to win or lose. But how Vegas accounts for a team being worse is by give, making their odds either in the negative or in the positive. So if I see Penguins Capitals at caps minus 110, that's the money line. And the Capitals are the favorite. And if it's that low, the Penguins will probably be around minus 110 too because the two teams are so even. But usually if you get a big underdog, you can get like plus 250 on the money line, especially in baseball. And if you put $100 on that, you'll win $250 mm. if that team wins. And if I put 10, I'll get 25. Exactly. That's the kind of money I'm tossing around. Look at you. Yeah. Nice. You're Math. good at this. Yeah. So have you heard about this thing when the line moves, though? So sometimes Vegas will set a line. The money line moves. No, not the money line. Well, yeah, the money line does too, but the point spread does. Also. Move. What the hell did you just say? I don't know. <laughs> Moving on. Please, you know what? Don't, what? don't curse in my classroom. Don't cuss in my classroom. Okay, sorry. Moving on. Hey, someone, you're on the air. Crowley Show. Hello. 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 Dude, you're not supposed to have your phone Do I have to take your phone away? You're not supposed to have your phone Are you kidding me? That's my bad. So anyway, the line moves based on whatever people bet on. So say the Steelers open up minus five against the Chiefs, but a lot of bets are coming in on the Steelers. Vegas needs to account to that because they want 50-50 on both sides because that way they're automatically making money. So what they'll do is they'll bring the line down a little bit. So like the Steelers are minus five, 85% of people are on the Steelers. They're saying, oh, we got to give the Chiefs some more points. The line will move to minus eight so that they can get more people to put their money on the Chiefs and balance it out. You get that? I understand. Got it. All right, now here's a little nugget to keep in your hat, and this will be on the quiz. Reverse line moves. Say that same thing happens, and the Steelers should be giving the Chiefs more points. If the Steelers are getting 72% of the money and the line drops to the Chiefs getting even less points. Hammer them, right? That's a red flag. Huge red flag. What does Vegas know? Why are the Chiefs getting even less points? Why are they goading people into taking the Steelers here? They're just trying to load people on one side, take the Chiefs every day of the week. Oh, take the Chiefs? Oh, yeah. You go Chiefs. You got to okay. go Chiefs. So you reverse it. Because they should be getting more points because not that many people are on them. But they're getting less points thus making people want to bet on the Steelers who already have like 72% of the money on them. Do mm. you understand okay. what I'm saying? I got I you. you. you got I got it? you. They're playing with you. They're, they're pushing your money around for now, you. Hey, Brian. Yeah. It's a question, Adam. Brian, I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. I think he's, I don't know. Reverse mortgage. I don't, mortgage. I don't get that reverse mortgage. I know reverse yeah. mortgage. Yeah. That's yeah. where I pay the bank. Yeah. I, but, right? I mean, don't you just put the money down and then like you get money back if you win? <laughs> That's a group of people that love to use the reverse line moves are what we call the Sharps. Now I'm going to talk to you about the Sharps versus the Casuals. The Sharps. We want to think like Sharps, gentlemen, but make no mistake, we're just Casuals. Now, Sharps are people that are addicted to gambling. Their life is gambling. These are people that look at like weather reports for games weeks in advance. They, they check team sites out to make sure the team chemistry is vibing. They follow all these players on social media. These are the people that you want to follow because they understand the game. And the one thing that Sharps do the most that you really, really want to follow is think contrarianly. If something looks too good to be true, it's way too good to be true. So don't be a sucker and take that bet. Tom, did you say it's the Sharps and the Jeps? It's a good one, man. 
parlays. These are fun. That's what you say to a pirate, right? So he doesn't murder you? Parlay. Yeah, I saw that in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. What a movie that is. Yeah. You know, Kira Knightley's so hot in that. Way hot. Oh, man. So, so hot. Should have never done this. Teach for America big. Anyway, parlays. These are fun. These are how you really make the money. But you need all your bets to win. This is when you stack bets on top of each other. So this is when you'd say in football season, I'm taking the Steelers, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Chargers. But all four of them have to win for you to get the payout. If one loses, it's pretty much like going 0 for 4, even if the other three win. It's a question, Teach. I always thought, like, can you parlay something into something? So say you make one bet. This is a real question, actually. So you make one bet. Can you then win off that and then parlay that into another bet? Well, first of all, don't just raise your hand and start talking. Wait until I call on you. Then you can ask me the question. Yeah, such a Jep move there, man. And second of all, Brian, yes. very sharp of me. Brian, yes, you can do that. And that's how you can make even more money. Okay. Okay. For parlays with uh, the money line, the amount that you can multiply your money depends on the odds. The plus 100, plus 150, minus 150. Nope, nope. Hey, hey. the money line again? Isn't that the end Mr. of La Martina. lovemaking? Mr. La Martina. Yeah. Do I have to kick you out of the class? No. Are you sure? Yes. Do you want to go down to the principal's office? Just trying to learn, Teach. Brian, look at my text. Oh, <laughs> nice. It's a funny meme. Over-unders. Easy. Yeah, I know those. They suck. What? I hate them. Don't what touch you... them. Why? They're terrible. This is the one thing where you... Really think to yourself, how does Vegas know where these games are going to land? And the Houston game last night is a perfect example of that. The Rockets made two free throws down the stretch that were meaningless. And, or, or no, excuse me, Golden State was up by 11 late in the game. And they needed two more points to hit the over. And the Rockets, there was like 12 seconds left, it's over. The Rockets fouled. Golden State makes two free throws. The over hits. That's something that you just scratch your head at and say, how did they know that the total was going to land at that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Vegas but is great at hitting that number. Every though. time. It's brilliant. It's awful. It's not brilliant. It's awful. Well, I mean, I would have won if like Harden actually hit a bunch of shots. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. It's his fault. All right, for the final point. Well, this is my favorite thing about sports gambling. If you see a team at home that's getting points, Mm-hmm. You got to take that team nine times out of ten. We like to call them home dogs. If you see a home dog, you better hammer that home dog, okay? They win almost all the time. And again, you're at home. You should be favored to win almost all the time, especially in the NFL. If the Browns are at home and the Steelers are favored by ten, you're taking brownies? Yes. That's what a sharp would do. That's what a sharp would do, and they did cover last year. They did. I mean, okay. pretty much you because take... the average fan, the casual better, is going to see Steelers against Browns, and they don't even see the point spread. They just go, oh, the Steelers will murder them. That game won't be close at all. So what if it reversed money line? For who? In what? In what way? I don't know. Do you have a question at all? Do you have a, a quiz for us, Teach? Pop quiz? Yeah, we'll apply this to real life. Cavs versus Celtics tonight. Who's favored? Good question, man. Wow, you are, yeah. you are... Dude, yeah. nice. Honestly, I'm just so proud of yeah. you. 
So Cleveland is at Boston tonight, and Boston is plus one. So how about that? Home dogs! We got a little bit of a home dog tonight. Home dog situation. But question teach. So we got to go Boston. Go ahead, sorry. You'd have to, I think, but... It's a home dog. It's just a one-point spread. Correct. It's basically a pick'em. Correct. So should I still hammer the home dog? Well, is there another question that you might like to ask me? Where's the money coming in? The money's coming in on Boston. Look at you. Hammer it. 65% of the bet is on Boston right now. I don't, get, know, I don't know what that makes me so want you, to do, though. You hammer the home dog, right? In most cases, I would say you have to bet on the home dog. Okay. But tonight. No. <laughs> oh, no. Reverse money We put line? that dog back in its cage. I reverse the money line. We take LeBron. Hmm. Uh, now, this is another part of gambling that is very important. <laughs> If LeBron is playing, you can throw pretty much everything I just taught you out the window. Because that that guy just, I mean, you well, can't account say, for him. Teach. Teach. Yeah. It sounds like you're getting a little emotion involved in this. No, not at all. Like, And that's a good thing that you bring that up. It brings me to my next point. And I'm looking at Adam when I say this. Do not bet with your heart. And I'm looking at you because I know West Virginia football season is right around that corner. And I know that you're thinking they're going to go 12 and 0 and 12 and 0 against the spread. 10 and 2 and 10 and 2 against. The spread. You're going to pay for your next Ireland trip because of West Virginia football this year. Oh I know my that's God. what your mind is thinking yes. right now. Now it is. In I Greer, know it I is. trust, man. Do Will not Greer. Bet with your heart. Honestly, I would fade West Virginia all year if I were you. Going to blow the doors off Tennessee and then Youngstown State. And then NC State. Where's the Tennessee State Tennessee game at? Charlotte. There's no road dogs. Neutral site. Neutral dog. Coming up next, the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Mr. Offerman. I still don't get any of it. Yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what just happened. Something about reverse cowgirl. It's a growly show. It's what you hearing. It's what you hearing, listen. It's what you hearing, listen. It's what you hearing, listen. X go give it to you. Wait for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Tom was late for the show today. He redeemed himself to a certain extent in the last segment, but not enough. So we're still going to punish him on Friday at 540. We want your suggestions on how to do that at underscore Adam Crowley. 412-922-2874. The winner in the clubhouse so far, I suppose not the winner yet, but the leader in the clubhouse is having Tom shave his head to look like George Costanza in Seinfeld. I do like that one, but I wasn't thrilled with the way Tom liked it. I don't think he sees that as a punishment. Oh, Great hate, idea, and I love oh, it. I hate I it. Love I the visual. I hate that. Oh, stop it, Tom! I would never like that. Oh, to dude, your dorky college friends would enemies. love it. I think I got an idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do. This is the part where we talk into the microphone about what the idea is. I know, but I I need to think. Before I drop this. Okay. End of the segment? It might be harsh. Like, real harsh. 
And I might have, actually, I might have to research to see if this is actually like dangerous. Whoa. Let me, let me do a little research during the segment. I'll get back to you. We're talking about, what are we talking about? What's the, what's the genre? What's the category here? It's consuming things. With his mouth? Yes. Okay. Well, all right. We're on the right track then. On the right track. I'm okay with that. Okay. Let me do a little research. Yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to pull like no, this no, whole no, thing no. I'm like holding it out there, but... Before I say this live on the air, I want to make sure it won't kill him. Yeah, we don't want to be the guys who suggest something that would murder him. Not murder. I mean, well, he'd be doing it to himself. Your name's on the show, so you'd probably take the rap. I'm That's good. true. Get get on with the research, then. <laughs> uh, I'm very good with that now. It's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. We've all talked about Le'Veon Bell a bleep ton since the end of the season. Will he be a Steeler? Won't he be a Steeler? Will he be a Steeler long term? Will he only be a Steeler at the beginning portion of the season? Is he going to miss the start of the year? Is he not going to be a training camp? What's going on with Le'Veon Bell? Here's one thing I haven't heard discussed at all. What if Le'Veon Bell takes another step back? That would be a huge problem for the Steelers. I've said this a bunch, but Le'Veon's been largely responsible for the team's turnaround the last two years. Two years ago, they were 4-5 and five and might not make the playoffs, and then he averaged 147 yards per game from that point forward, and the Steelers rolled to the AFC Championship game. Last year, the Steelers were 3-2, and two, and Ben was coming off one of his worst games of his career, five interceptions against the Jags. Then Bell averaged 126 yards per game from that point forward, and the Steelers were able to go 10-1 and one down the stretch, Hey, 11-0, if you ask anyone other than Al Riveron. When Bell's at his best, the team is at its best. But was Bell as good last year as he's been in years past? Well, we'll get to that in a moment. In 2016, Ben threw 19 touchdowns and 7 interceptions, and the team started off 4-5. and five. Go figure. Ben threw 9 touchdowns and 6 interceptions the rest of the way, but they went 7-0 and down the stretch. Why? Le'Veon Bell. Last year, Ben threw six touchdowns and seven interceptions over the team's first five games of the season. They went just three and two. Ben threw a bunch more touchdowns, 22, the rest of the way when the Steelers went 10 and one. Bell averaged 21 yards per game fewer than he did in the Steelers' best stretch in 2016. That tells me that when Bell slips, Ben needs to be better. But Bell is key to what they do on offense. I'm worried that his best years are behind him and that he's in a decline. That's not a long-term concern for the Steelers because he won't be with the team after this year, but that's absolutely a concern for this year's team. Ben is great, no doubt about that, but he can be inconsistent and he's not been great on the road. In order to round out that inconsistency, the Steelers need a running game. Last year, Bell averaged 4 yards per carry and 86 yards overall on the ground. He also averaged 43 yards per game when catching the ball. Two years ago, though, Bell averaged 4.9 yards a carry. That's a yard more than he averaged this year. 105 yards on the ground. That's 20 more than he averaged two years ago. And 51 in the air. That's seven more than he averaged two years ago. All this is to say that if he has another drop-off, the Steelers' offense could be in some real trouble. He's been the spark that gets the team going. If he goes from a top three back in this league to a top ten back in this league, more of the onus is going to be on Ben to carry the load. 
We've seen him do it before, but when the team's been at its best the last two years, we've seen Bell be the big reason why. When he's turned it on, and I mean averaging 147 and 126 respectively the last two years, they've been 17-1. and one. Hopefully he can kick back to his 2016 form, or at least hold steady. Another decline would be a huge problem for these Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers minority owner David Tepper is expected to sign a deal on Tuesday to buy the Panthers and keep them in North Carolina. A league source told ESPN Sec Wickersham and Adam Schefter this will be the second time in recent memory that a Steelers minority owner will head up the purchase of an NFL franchise. The last to do it was Jimmy Haslam, who now owns the Cleveland Browns. Haslam hasn't really stuck with the Steelers model of continuity. Let's see how it works with David Tepper. I think Panthers fans should temper their expectations. In March, panic stirred throughout the league when owners passed a rule that would penalize players and perhaps lead to ejections for contact from the helmet. But those who just attended a May 1st meeting at the NFL headquarters in New York were relieved to hear details that suggest the rule is intended to be applied in only obvious and or flagrant circumstances. So it's going to be about intent. But that will be a gray area and obviously will cause some problems. We don't even know what the hell it catches. But it should not affect the game as much as we originally thought. That was the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. All right, what are we, what are we sticking down Tom's gullet? All right. I think. Jeez, you had the whole segment to prepare. I know, but I'm not. You, know, uh, you have no idea. The hell are you doing over Sorry. there? I'm just thinking about what, I, what we're, <laughs> I'm going to feed him here. Were you eating it yourself? No, and I would sound worse if I did. What do you guys think about wasabi? Oh, my God. Oh. Like a little dash of it on my sushi? No, not a little dash. Like the entire chunk that you get with an order of sushi. Oh, just like I'll put it in my mouth and spit it back out. Yeah. No, right? you just chew, swirl it around a little bit. You chew. Yeah, I'll chew for a second and then I spit it. No, Tom, shut up. Listen. You were late, man. You put it in your mouth. You chew it all up until you point. You show Adam and I that it is chewed up, and then you swallow. I have to show you that it's chewed up before I swallow it. I yeah. can't. I can't do it all in one motion. Yes. I was gonna a, say I a mean, big it, like a, I don't like a chunk of it. I'm talking like you know when you get the order, they with each order they give you a nice little thing on the side there. Throw I that. will order sushi because I love sushi. I ate some this weekend. In I fact, love sushi too. I do too. But you don't get any sushi. The sushi's for me and Adam. Yeah, we're gonna eat sushi while you eat wasabi. Do you even put wasabi on your sushi? No, I've never had wasabi in my life. Never had Jesus. it. Jesus, never in my life. I think it's too spicy for me. But here's the deal, man. It's not just spicy. It's like a weird spicy. It is bizarre, man. It blows your nose out. And not in a good way. I've it, had some pretty bad sinuses lately, so... It's kind of like a little silver lining spicy, there. poisonous Vicks Vapor Rub. That's how I equate it. Because I'm, I'm not a wasabi fan in any way. I don't like the stuff. I don't touch it. It's because it seems dangerous to me. But I did look it up, and it won't kill you. There's a lot of people who eat it. Some people actually enjoy it. They're weirdos. Oh, I love I love wasabi, but you just need a little dollop. You're a weirdo. 
It, like they they will give you a spoonful on the side of your sushi, and then what you're supposed to do is take a little bit with each bite, and that's what I do. Now, if you even get a little bit more than you intended, your sinuses are totally opened up, and it is very uncomfortable. I would imagine eating an entire wad. Sucks. That's gotta hurt. That's gotta be bad. And and I don't even leave it on my plate. Like I'm not one of those guys where I don't let food. Food can't touch food. That sort of thing. No, I'm good with all that. But I got to get that stuff as far from my plate as soon as I get into it. It's gone. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's just. It's. I do not need that kind of toxicity. But I think that should be the punishment. I think that for being late, Tom should take a big, huge chunk of wasabi, chew it up. Swallow it down, and then Crowley and I get to watch and enjoy. And of course, I mean anything like that, we would put on 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 Facebook video. Live. Yeah, yeah. Throw that on Twitter. Because you're going to throw up. I would think he would. We're what doing you, it. This what do you is think this the is the odds punishment. are on me throwing up. I don't really know how. Oh, it works. I see. That's like a callback. I see what you did there. Like that. That's good, but not good enough <sighs> to get you out of this. Okay. Well, when are we doing this again? When do you want to do it, Crowley? Friday, five forty. He's eating wasabi. Well, we'll see if I can get out of it by then. And then by 5.45, you'll be vomiting. Okay, can I add this? Because here's how it's going to go. For the next two days, three days, he's going to try to get out of it, just like he said here. I think with each little bit that he tries to get out of this, we add a little bit of wasabi to I'm it. I'm in. Oh, that's a terrible idea. Wow. Well, I don't Why would you, you for, do that to I me? I don't want to hear you for the rest of the week sitting here and saying, oh, no, how about this? How about this? How about I get out of it this way? I don't want to hear that. So, And that's a hard role because, frankly, I am in charge um, of the station. And, Tom, this is the Crowley Show, and it's your show, and you're in charge here. But Tom is an employee of me, so I will say, I will lay this down, that if you're all right with this wasabi thing, Crowley, which I think you are, you're all right with it? I couldn't be more excited for it. Okay, so... As your boss, Tom, every time you complain, mm-hmm. if you complain in any way or try to get out of this in any way, we will add a quarter of the original size. You might want to shut the hell up, Tom. Yeah, I would say you want to shut the hell up. And you might want to show up on time tomorrow. Do I get some oh, wa- if you're late again, oh my gosh. Like, it's a softball size thing of wasabi. Automatically, if you're late between now and then. Do I get some water? Or maybe some milk to no. wash it down? No. no. Milk? No. Oh, my gosh. What are you, eight? Yeah. You're not Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. More milk. No, it's a punishment. All right, we'll see if I'm in. I'll think about it. What do you mean you will see if you're in? Coming we'll up next. See, we'll see if you're in or we'll throw you we'll out. think about it. You have to do it. Would you stop? We're going to add wasabi to it if you don't shut the hell up. Dude, like Crowley, he was he was so close right there. I'm trying That's, to tease the next segment. You won't shut the hell up. Anymore, and I'm adding. If you say another word, I'm adding. Up next, Pirate fans can do what they want. I don't care who says what or... When they say it, how's that for a tease, Tom? Hmm? It's the Crowley Show.